Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Hey there, ghosties. In this episode, I'll be doing a live reading with one of my beloved listeners. Every Wednesday, listen in on an intimate conversation and get inspired as we explore perspectives on life, love, and the human condition. Along the way, we'll uncover valuable insights and practical lessons that you can apply to your own life. And don't forget to hit subscribe or at the very least mark your calendars because every Sunday I'll be back with your weekly horoscope. And that you don't want to miss. Let's get started. Molly, welcome to the podcast. What would you like your reading about? Hi, thank you so much for having me and taking the time and space to be here with me. I'm going to read my letter, if that's okay. Of course. Hello, Jessica. My ex-astrology mentor told me that I had a piss-poor Venus placement. And other than yelling at me to get over it, she never provided any more details. As someone who is a recovering people pleaser and has struggled their entire life with love and self-image, I would like to understand how to work with my 12th house, Pisces, Venus, instead of against. Mm -hmm. I found you and your podcast shortly after I left said mentors group. I was dealing with the death of my one-year-old kitten Wicket and a shock of being laid off. So I can't express to you the comfort your humanistic take on astrology has brought me this past year. Thank you for being a real no bullshit triple cap goddess guide for my woo and astrology studies. (laughs) Thank you. And also, I'm really sorry for your loss. Yeah. So you were born January 29th, 1988, 9.56 a.m. in Mitchell, South Dakota. Yes. Okay. It's me. (laughs) I have to ask, when you say that she, I'm assuming she, why am I assuming she? Okay. Well, that she yelled at you to get over it, move on already. Okay. Now I have to say, you've got the sun, Mercury, and Venus all in the 12th house. You've got Mm -hmm. Venus and the Ascendant in Pisces. So I have to ask, did she actually yell at you or did she just say it? It was said in a reading that I had with her and she was not happy in the moment her daughter shares the placement. And so I think there was some displaced anger Mm -hmm. about it because I believe she was in something with her daughter. So like, I didn't take it personally, but I really would like to understand it better. (laughs) Okay. So she did kind of snap at you about it is what you're saying. Okay. So we may have to come back to that. But but I get so many emails from Mm -hmm. people who are asking me about their Venus placement. And we're going to like dive deeply into yours in a moment. But I will say that for some, I mean, for some reason, the reason is because Venus is associated with love. And people are like, if I have a bad Venus placement, does that mean I will never fall in love? No one will ever love me. I'm not lovable. I can't have a Mm -hmm. healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. This is where we want to keep in mind two important things. The first Mm -hmm. important thing is we want to move past keywords. And Venus keywords are like relationships, intimacy, love, you know, all that kind of shit. And they're not Mm -hmm. wrong, but they're simply keywords. And the other thing is we want to remember that astrology is ancient. When we look at the bulk of human development, we look at the bulk of human development across cultures, across time. Men chose women or they didn't choose women. And that is it. First of all, right? Like there's like no queerness, no, no gender queerness. And also women had no agency, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so it was this like, you get picked, you don't get picked. 
You get lucky, you don't get lucky. And I think Mm -hmm. this is a really important thing to have contextually when we think about the ways in which we talk astrology, let me say, the ways in which (laughs) astrology and astrologers talk Mm -hmm. about love and Venus. Yes. Because there's something about that passivity that it's like it happens to you that I think to a certain extent is inherent in Venus itself, but Mm -hmm. also is inherent in understanding who came up with these concepts and when. So I want to like really name that because I think, I think whenever we're talking about intimacy and relationship issues in astrology, we have to keep (laughs) in context that there are some huge holes in astrology because, Mm -hmm. you know, the civil rights movement happened very, 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 very recently, you know? And so astrology does not adequately reflect that, I find. So that said... Let me just ask you a couple, like, quali- a little, like, let me, like, navigate. What's your gender identity? What's your sexuality? Just so I use yes. the right pronouns and all that kind of shit. Uh, queer, she, they. Okay, That's great. what I go by. Um, and I will interject. My understanding, the way I learned Venus was it's how we attract and how we magnetize. So mm-hmm. my wanting to work with it is less relating to, re- like, love relationships and more about drawing in community and that kind of support, Interesting. If that makes sense. It does. It does. <laughs> And when you say queer, what are the pronouns I should use for the people you date? Because a lot of people are a lot of different kinds of queer. All of them. Demisexual, panromantic. Okay, great. So he's, she's, they's. (laughs) All of them. Great. Fabulous. (laughs) There's more than they, but you know, it's a nice umbrella pronoun. Okay, great. You have (laughs) Venus in the 12th house, which is the natural placement for Pisces. And you also have Venus in Pisces. Do I think that is a poor placement for Pisces? I do not. Not at all. Again, I get so many questions about Venus. People are really like torn up about Venus and Pisces and Venus and Virgo. I don't fucking get it. There is nothing <laughs> wrong with either of these placements. There is and nothing. And sister signs. So that's strange. It, this is exactly what I'm saying. Like, it's very yeah. odd. I don't know what astrologer popularized this misunderstanding or this misnotion. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. clearly some modern internet savvy astrologer did because it's not something I ever fucking heard before Same. the last few years. Now, we're going to come back to that in a second. I want to clarify a couple of things. Magnetizing is Mars. Mm-hmm. Mars magnetizes. Mars literally governs metals and metals magnetize, right? Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about what we attract or, or like what our pull, you know, that's actually Mars. We're talking about chemistry. Got it. Okay. And again, we'll come back to that. When we talk about community, we're talking mm-hmm. 11th house, not Venus. Mm-hmm. Venus mm-hmm. is not community at all. It's one-on-one. Community is the 11th house. And in your chart, you've got no planets sitting in your 11th house, but you've got Capricorn on the house cusp. Mm -hmm. So when we come back to Venus, I want to just ground in because you've named named community, you've named magnetism and like kind of attracting stuff. And Mm -hmm. we'll we'll speak to these two things. But in regards to this Venus question, Mm -hmm. give me a little more context to what it is that you want to. It's not about love it's not about like dating looks self-worth big question mark definitely self-worth is a huge thing for me as well and it's something I've been working on because obviously losing a community where I was learning astrology was pretty shocking Mm. and so you lost the community I didn't understand that part yeah sorry (laughs) Uh, yeah what happened 
Well, it was, we were a bunch of mentees under this astrologer and I was with them for like a year and a half, maybe two. I can't quite recall when I joined and we were interacting constantly Mm. (laughs) and it was suddenly not there. And is that because you were booted or did something happen with the astrologer? You were booted. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry. And is that something that you want to talk about or is that kind of just adjacent to this issue? That's adjacent to this issue. I don't really have lack in my life without Mm -hmm. them, but I'd like to not get in that situation again, if that makes sense. Fuck yeah, it does. So let's talk (laughs) about that really deep and really personal. And it was really jarring to have gotten that deep with people and then just suddenly like no explanation, nothing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You've got, as I mentioned earlier, the sun and Mercury and Venus and the North Node. Now you have a North Node ascendant conjunction, but you have all those things in the 12th house. Mm -hmm. Venus and the North Node and the rising are all in Pisces. That predisposes you to getting into dynamics that end up being a little (laughs) cult-like. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Uh, I wasn't going to say it, but you you didn't didn't have to. You didn't have to. I'm right here with you, see? Um, You didn't have to say it because I'm looking at your chart, but also the way you described a group where everybody's incredibly intimate and very mm-hmm. close and you're either all in or you're all out, mm-hmm. that that kind of, it, it stinks a little of culty. It cults, right? Whenever we have to give up our power mm-hmm. or our agency to a central mm-hmm. figure, it gets a little culty. And this is the thing that's complicated about studying astrology and other woo things, is that <laughs> when somebody positions themselves as an expert, whether they are or are not, but they position themselves as an expert in something you deeply care about and you want to learn, mm-hmm. then, you know, what do you do? You kind of put aside your ego and you step all in and you're like, let me learn. And mm-hmm. then they tell you, okay, well, you know, learn with a hat on, learn with your ego at the door, learn, you know, like they tell you all the things to do. And then the more you want to learn and the more you're getting from the situation, you let go of more and more of outside things in order to be part of the inside group. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm assuming this <laughs> describes what happened there. Very much so. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is your 12th house problem. And mm-hmm. the 12th house problem includes, but is not exclusive to Venus. Part of this is you have a strong desire to belong. And that's not because of your 12th house. It's because of a bunch of shit in your chart. I would say almost <laughs> everything in your chart. Oh, but yes. <laughs> you, you have a deep desire to belong, but you're a 12th house person, which means you're hypersensy. Mm-hmm. You really do want things to either be really light or really deep right? 12th house Mm -hmm. tends to go either way. And so what you got was both in that group because it went really deep in terms of content. But what was light was that you actually didn't build relationships based on getting to know each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You built relationships based on this kind of like astrologer figure who told you you were all chosen and you were all meant to be together (laughs) in some way. Yeah. 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 Sorry. (laughs) Did she say it in those words? Yep. Sure, sure did. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry. So that's, you know, red flags, red flags. And I think that for for all of us, but certainly especially for people who are like Pisces dominant, 12th house Mm -hmm. dominant, or Libra or Venus dominant, the red flag should always come up when somebody doesn't encourage you to identify your agency first and foremost and always and coming back to it. Because Mm -hmm. there is going to be that part of you that's like, well, my agency is to learn the thing and I have to give up all my parts in order to learn the thing. That's fine. I'm down for sacrifice. I'm Mm. down to like be a team player. 
So sacrifice mm-hmm. is more Piscean, being a team player is more Venusian, Libran, mm-hmm. and you've got all of it, Obvi. So fun, fun, fun <laughs> for yes. you. And so I want to say that it is true that sometimes the people who have great data and information misuse power. Mm. And so I don't want to invalidate the astrology you learned from that mentor mm-hmm. because there might have been things that were fucking golden. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean she's a good person. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean she's the right match for you. And I want to just name that because. Thank you. <laughs> my pleasure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because this this thing that happens for you is you get into these situations where you kind of find the answer. And this can happen with a date. This can happen with a group of people. This can happen with a job. You find something that feels like it's, oh, okay, wait, this is do this is it. Oh, wait, mm-hmm. okay. All right. Okay. I can do this. <laughs> and then you you really get into it and you start to give of yourself. And when you give of yourself because of your 12th house placements, also because you have a Sun Pluto square, also because I can keep on naming things, like because <laughs> of a lot of things in your chart. When you give of yourself, you get a kind of sense of meaning and purpose. Mm-hmm. And that meaning and purpose is so soothing to you. And then what happens is you lose track of the need, your responsibility to you mm-hmm. to keep on checking in with, is this appropriate? Has this person done anything to earn my trust? Mm-hmm. Have I given up parts of myself or things within my life that, that I actually need? That I actually Mm -hmm. deserve, right? Mm -hmm. And when you get into relationships, do you tend to be monogamous or no? Yes. Okay, good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That's very good. (laughs) Because you are monogamous. Mm -hmm. Whether or not you want to be, you know, what happened with that astrologer is you probably got, like, met her, Mm -hmm. had, like, one or two good experiences and became monogamous instantly because that's how you're wired. You're like, I'm fucking in. When I'm in, I'm in. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you may have listened to my podcast and been like, okay, I'm going to be monogamous to this astrologer. And I love monogamy, you know, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But I would also say, no matter how much you trust somebody, it is Mm -hmm. important to have a critical kind of analyzer around them. Yeah. Not, and you say, yeah. (laughs) But I also see that having a Venus in Pisces in the 12th, having a Pisces rising, it gives you this feeling of love is loyalty. Devotion is the only way to show that I actually care, to embody care. And so if you get value from someone, you have a tendency to be devotional in how you think about them and relate to them. That's Mm -hmm. your fucking Venus in the 12,000 Pisces. Devotional. (laughs) And so you can smoosh up your face about it all you want. Nobody can see that. But you smoosh up your face (laughs) like you smell something disgusting. Um, (laughs) But let me just before I go further, say there's an antidote Mm. to the negative part of it. And it's really fucking simple. It's boundaries. Boundaries. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Boundaries based on clarity about your value. Yes. As well as the value of others. Right. Yeah. So that means not putting yourself on a pedestal and not putting anyone else on a pedestal, not putting yourself mm-hmm. under someone's boot mm-hmm. or putting your boot on anyone. Because yeah. as we know, whenever we put ourselves at the bottom of the pile, sometimes we'll find ourselves like thinking we should run the pile. Right. Yeah. But here's something else. You got your Pluto and Scorpio, you're millennial, but yeah. you you are that generation of millennial mm-hmm. where you don't have your Saturn and Cap. You've got it in Sag. Saturn and Uranus both in Sagittarius. Neptune's in Capricorn. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this, you have a Saturn, Midheaven, Uranus conjunction. You're very fucking hard on yourself. Yeah. 
You believe <laughs> that there is a purpose to this life and you need to work hard to embody that purpose. Mm -hmm. And it makes you feel small because the moon is opposite those three points. Mm -hmm. And then the moon, midheaven, Saturn, and Uranus all form a T-square to your ascendant. Now, <laughs> I personally do not tend to count the ascendant or the midheaven in T-squares in those kind of planetary configurations. So I wouldn't consider this a proper T-square. But let's not ignore the fucking energy, right? <laughs> like, you know yes. what I mean? Like, it is, it points towards your identity. Again, we're talking about Piscean energy. There is a way that you are a person who you feel this great sense of responsibility and duty. Yeah. You feel like you have to like figure out life and do it right. <laughs> and that can make you somebody who does not have healthy boundaries because mm -hmm. you're so fixated on what you should and shouldn't do and what, what, what you did that was wrong or right or how you should be working harder. Like you're so focused on like performance, basically. It's very Saturnian. <laughs> you're so focused on performance that you can lose track of the dynamics that you're in. So the mm -hmm. sense, the sense of understanding around the context of the time you live in, of the bitches you roll with, of, you know what I mean? Like of, of yeah. all, all the things, the systems, both social, political, but also like the systems of like, let's say the group you were in. Yeah. So there are a lot of things in your chart that we could easily conflate with your Venus in Pisces in the 12th, but we're not going to. Okay. I'm going to tell you why. Because you have this sensitive, romantic, loving, creative, inspired Venus. Hmm. And the only fucking aspects to your Venus are square to Mars, which is a great aspect because having Venus square to Mars means that you do have magnetism about you. You do have the capacity to flirt, to be playful, to fuck around. And I don't mean fuck around and find out kind of fuck around. I mean, just like to fuck around, like to, mm -hmm. to, to like have experiences, right? Mm -hmm. Venus square to Mars can sometimes have you, you know, struggle around, you know, am I giving too much? Am I taking too much? But in general, I think that's a dynamic square and often, and do you tend to like have dates or like flirts happening kind of frequently? Yeah, but sometimes yeah. I don't realize I'm doing it. I'm kind of blind to the fact because it's just natural. <laughs> sure. Well, that's exactly what it is, right? Okay. Is that I tend to find that people with a Venus Mars square tend to get play, you know, and play depends, you know, it's contextual to a lot of things, but you tend to get play, you know, it's like mm -hmm. you don't even, you don't have to think that hard about getting your flirt on because you're just naturally good at it. So put that in your Venus, in your Venus cavern. Okay. You're gonna and keep then, that. Yeah, keep it. And then the other thing that you have, the only other thing that you have going on with your Venus is fucking glorious. You have a Venus Pluto trine. Did you ever notice that? No. <laughs> but you do work with with natal aspects, right? Are you at that yes. level of study? So yes. I just use I was trained in Placidius. So this is this that's a little different for me. Right. This house system's different. But yes. The math. You've got Venus at 17 degrees of Pisces and Pluto at 12 degrees and 30 minutes of Scorpio. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I'm math. talking about math here, girl. That shit doesn't change with house systems. No, and the reason why this is really important is because what you've done is what most of us do. We miss the good stuff in our chart. So you've spent how many hours obsessing on your Venus and you've never noticed a Venus trying to Pluto? No. The fuck? <laughs> Okay, so this is good for you to see. I will say, I did say I have dyscalculus, so numbers and I are not friends. That's fair, that's fair. <laughs> but I'm guessing that you've looked at, like, computer-generated programs that 
that actually like write in English all your mm -hmm. aspects. Mm -hmm. This is not yes. 1985. You, I don't buy <laughs> that story because the truth is you you missed it because in part you had somebody like shit on your Venus and you were mm. like, I knew it, something's wrong with me. And you just double <laughs> down on that, which I think mm. is human. It's also very 12th housey, but it's also very human. It's both. The other thing is, let me just tell you, Venus trying to Pluto, people find you adorable. People find you sexy. And when you have a Venus trying to Pluto, when I first learned about this, when I was, mm -hmm. you know, this was back in like 1990 or 1989, I learned about this. I started experimenting with it. I have this mm -hmm. aspect as well. And I was like, oh, what if I like give myself the ugliest haircut I possibly can? <laughs> and I really like I, I really did that. I like I was like, I'm going to give myself like I had an experiment and I was like, will it make a difference with my flirtability? And it made zero percent difference. Oh my God, 0% I love that. difference because it is ultimately about energy. Think about mm. all the people you've ever been attracted to. How mm -hmm. frequently was it about the way they looked ignoring their energy? It's always energy. Always fucking energy. <laughs> and so Venus trying to Pluto is a really powerful natal aspect because first of all, yes, it gives you the exact thing you said you wish you had, which was the ability to attract people. You already have it. So we're going to obviously go deeper. But the other thing is that it gives you the capacity to make people feel safe, mm. to make people feel understood. And that power can be ignored. So you might not really, you know, think much of it. Yeah, yeah, people feel good around me. Okay, whatever. You know <laughs> what I mean? Um, which is, I'm guessing, kind of how you hold it since you're ignoring the aspect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you can do that. You can misuse it by doing kind of like what your astrology mentor did, mm. which is, you know, get people to do shit for you because you can. One of these astrology textbooks I once read said that this aspect allows you to tell a room full of people that a skunk smells like roses, even though the skunk does in fact smell like a skunk. And that is a power that can be used to do harm. Mm -hmm. Or you can use it to bring value, Venus, in a deep way, Pluto, to yourself, your relationships, and other people. Mm. Bada boom. Yeah. <laughs> and so that would be the direction I would, of course, point you in. Yeah. Your problem is not magnetism, my dear, mm. at all. <laughs> your problem is not at all magnetism. Your problem is not at all your ability or yeah, your ability to build relationships or, or even coalitions with people. Mm -hmm. It is giving up too much, too quick to others mm -hmm. and boundaries. Yeah. That's, That's been the lesson this last year that I've been working with. So, yeah, it's not going to go away. This fucking lesson. I'm sorry to say. I'm really okay. sorry to say it. Yeah. Because Neptune, as of May of 2023, mm -hmm. Neptune started to sit on your ascendant and square mm -hmm. your Saturn. And shit's going to get what they call real in okay. april of this year so very soon it's going to hit your midheaven and your uranus so neptune will be conjoined your ascendant squaring saturn squaring the midheaven squaring uranus all the fuck at once okay mm -hmm. so you are supposed to be learning these lessons of boundaries and the way how do we learn boundaries by needing them by not having them yeah. so it will be easy to want to give away your power or not even realize that you're giving away your power Mm. 
And instead of being like, oh, fuck, what's wrong with me? Oh, God, this is awful. I want to encourage you to say, I'm going to astrology <laughs> to understand as an astrology student the fucking rarity. And I know math is not necessarily your forte, but Neptune takes, what is that, 165 years to move through the Zodiac? Something so what are the like fucking that. chances? What are the chances that you would be a student of astrology, have actual resources with astrology, and you would be going through these transits? Like the 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 math is like, it's a rarity, right? It's a special thing. And so that means, if, if we're buying into the whole astrology thing, Mm-hmm. that your soul is ready for this lesson and your soul being ready for this lesson doesn't mean you'll do it well it doesn't mean it'll feel good right <laughs> yeah. it simply means that from a broader perspective this is happening and it's happening to you really personally and there's an opportunity for you to come to greater self-possession self-awareness mm-hmm. and a healthier embodiment of boundaries from a spiritually inspired, because we're dealing with Neptune, a spiritually mm-hmm. inspired perspective. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, reached out to talk to me about Venus, and I thought we were going to talk about Venus. But, <laughs> you know, the the irony is this is actually not about Venus at all, like at mm-hmm. all. And I think that's often the case when people write to me about Venus, because <laughs> Venus gets such a bad rap. And again, this is true of women in general in society. We mm-hmm. get scapegoated in all these ways. We see this happening, I think, with astrology, with the practice of astrology itself, right? It's like Venus gets scapegoated. Your Venus, she's so pretty. (laughs) She's so successful. She has no squares, no oppositions, no conjunctions. Now, I will say, Mm. you do have a Venus moon square. I I didn't clock it at first. You do have a Venus moon square. That aspect can make you feel like you really need attention as proof. Mm. I'm guessing that this astrologer and the group associated with it gave you lots of compliments, told you you were great when things were good. That's a vulnerability of yours because you're like, ah, I'm getting validated. You're really (laughs) good at giving people compliments, eh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you understand how important it is to feeling okay, like around Mm -hmm. others. And so when people give it back to you, it's not vanity. I mean, it might be in moments, but it's not about vanity. It is about like, oh, okay, people see my value, people see my worth, then I can be myself. I need mm-hmm. this external validation in order to give myself space to show up. Yeah. But again, it's not exactly your biggest problem because no. you have this Saturn shit and this Uranus shit that makes you so hard on yourself and so critical. I mean, it, it, it kind of contextualizes it a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. You might be a little floopy doopy with all this 12th house stuff. But Saturn and Uranus at the top of your chart are not letting you floop a doop at all. So my guess is that when you say you're going to be there at four, you're there at four. Is that right? Usually I get there early. Right. <laughs> okay. Talking, and okay. Then I will be there at four, but I'm there early scouting it out. <laughs> okay. That's what I'm talking about. And when people ask you to show up for them in whatever way, you show mm-hmm. up for them in that way to the best of your ability. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're not that stereotypical, which I don't even fucking buy into the stereotypes, but you're not that stereotypical 12th house person where you're like floop-a-doop, can't tell time, can't show up, you know, just like constantly, quote unquote, undoing yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't I don't believe in this 12th house undoing bullshit personally. And this is in part because of that Saturn Uranus conjunction at the top of your chart. And this is where we want to remember for people who have Saturn Uranus conjunction that Mm -hmm. Uranus, it has such a similarity to Saturn. 
there's ways in which it's quite opposite, but there's ways in which it's quite similar. It's very much mm-hmm. like me, me, me on some core level. And it's a me, me, me in the context of like, I am the one who has to do it. I'm the one who has to figure it out. <laughs> right? Yeah. So all of this said, I'm just going to slow down and mm-hmm. check in. Does this bring up any questions so far? I think questions would be, you were talking the Neptune on my ascendant thing. I have felt incredibly disconnected from woo since like everything happened last year. Yeah. And I wondered if that might be part of it. I think that's your pattern. You um, are somebody like this is like, so So I'm going to give you two layers of answers. The first one, okay. and please tell me if this is right or wrong. Okay. If you are in a group, let's say you're in like the super queer social group and everybody is like just like as gay as can be. And then you have some sort of, you know, interpersonal breakdown. You tend to like move away from like all things queer all the time. Like this is just your pattern, right? You, yeah. you have a sun, Pluto, square. And so what that means is you're fucking all in or you're fucking all out. And that's just yes. your normal, right? Yes. So that's, I actually think, a big part of why you've moved mm. away from the woo. But as an astrologer, I would advise you to stay away from the woo because okay. when we're going through challenging Neptune transits, we are incredibly gullible. We are incredibly likely, whether or not you have a natural predisposition, we are incredibly likely mm-hmm. to be misled, to fall into cults or cults <laughs> of personality, like any kind of cult, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's mm-hmm. really rough. And because Neptune happens outside of the body, it happens mm-hmm. outside of linear time. It is really hard to have boundaries. It's really hard mm-hmm. to know when you've released your boundaries and given them to someone else until mm-hmm. you're drowning, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it is inadvisable going through any of these, let alone all of these fucking transits, to be deeply <laughs> woo. Now, astrology can be practiced in a way that is deeply woo, and it can also be practiced in a way that is deeply analytic mm-hmm. and not particularly woo. So I wouldn't say you have to stay away from astrology, but I would encourage you if you're going to fuck with astrology in your own private practice, right? Yeah. To learn things, you know, to not just go by feel. You're good at going by feel. Don't do that. Okay. (laughs) Actually learn things is my advice. Like actually like read whole books, do your own, you know, research in the world, whatever, whatever it is that, that resonates for you and where you're at in your life. The Neptune stuff you're going through, mm-hmm. yeah, don't starve yourself. Like, literally, like, don't do fasts <laughs> and shit like this. Neptune is a terrible time for that. I mean, I'm not giving you medical advice, obviously, but like, you know, like for like woo reasons or whatever, don't join spiritual groups if you can avoid it. <laughs> I think um, I'm good on that for a minute. <laughs> I think you are too. Slash yeah. also famous fucking last words during a Neptune transit. <laughs> so, okay. you know, I mean, it's like good to keep yourself mindful around it. Okay. And Know that whenever we go through Neptune transits, we learn boundaries. Mm. And boundaries are not just what you say and what you do. Mm-hmm. They're how you feel. They're how you hold yourself. They're how you hold yourself together or fall apart. Mm-hmm. And when we go through Neptune transits, we feel like we're disintegrating. It's terrible. Fucking yeah. fucking Neptune transits. <laughs> not a favorite of mine as a Capricorn. But, you know, the the reality is you are learning so much about the parts of yourself that you are scared of. Mm -hmm. And the way I know you're scared of it is because it's your fucking North Node, you know? And all of us come into this life with a really clear memory of the success of our South Node. And so what is the success of your South Node? 
it's a Virgo South node and it's mm-hmm. in the sixth house. So doing things meticulously, doing things ritualistically, showing up on a material level for material support mm-hmm. and identifying what the habits and behaviors are of success mm-hmm. or of happiness <laughs> or of health or whatever. And your mm-hmm. North Node in Pisces in the 12th house is about not needing proof on the material in order mm-hmm. to have faith in yourself. I'm a big proof person. So yeah, of course yeah, you are. Chart. Of course you are. I mean, plus Saturn and Uranus at the top of your chart the way it is. Yeah. I mean, my God. But yeah. the Neptune transits you're going through and yeah. you know, like I'm not like, and how old are you right now? You're in your 30s. I'm 35. Okay. Yeah. You know, I don't tend to fixate on the nodes before 40, but I will say mm. this. These transits are preparing you for your 40s. They're preparing you for being an embodiment of your North Node because you are going through transits that are triggering Neptunian Piscean stuff at late degrees of Pisces, mm-hmm. which is where you know your North Node is at 25 degrees Pisces in 39 minutes. Neptune's already crossed your North Node okay. and it made you really question yourself. And now <laughs> it's going to be in, embodied, that transit's going to be embodied through all these other Neptune transits. Mm-hmm. And this is going to help you to know who the fuck you are on a spiritual level. So you don't have to do good at this. I want to, okay. I have to be exceptionally clear. And people yes. often misunderstand what transits are. You're not supposed to be good at the transit during the transit. <laughs> That's not the thing. Like if you think back to when you learned how to tie your shoe, mm-hmm. you were terrible at learning how to tie your shoe until one day you could tie your shoe. And then you probably forgot again and then <laughs> learned again. And then eventually you were like, I don't even think about it. It's just tying shoes. Right. Mm-hmm. When it comes to our transits, most of us are terrible at them most of the time. Mm-hmm. And that's not just like people who struggle. It's fucking all of us. It's your ment- ex-mentor. It's everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody's bad at our transits when we're going through them because that's why we're going through them, to teach us something we don't already know. So it is okay that you're struggling with this stuff. And it's not an indication that you won't get it. Okay. An active struggle with content is how you learn Mm -hmm. when you feel that neptunian like oh what's wrong with me i'm disintegrating i don't know where i belong i don't know (laughs) how to even be here Mm -hmm. that's when you need to fortify Mm -hmm. nurture and from that post fortifying post nurturance place identify what boundaries do i need to call right now are they energetic Mm -hmm. and i'm assuming you know how to do like an energy boundary work you do some of that I'm not as versed in it as I should be. Agreed. Okay, good. Okay, good. Yeah, Yeah, it's a big part of your life's work, right? (laughs) Um, So that's something to to work on, right? Okay. Doing some energy work around just boundaries, fortifying Mm -hmm. yourself. Or it may be, oh, shit, I need to really, like, address the amount of water I'm drinking or, Mm -hmm. like, the ways in which I'm nurturing my body, like, through Mm -hmm. movement or food or whatever it is that that is your yes, right? You might need a lot more time alone in this period. (laughs) Again, you've got Capricorn on the 11th house cusp. I don't know why you're in such a big rush to be in groups of people. That's weird. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I do prefer alone time, but I think it's the whole belonging thing that you saw in my chart. Yeah. When I look at your birth chart, I think you do best in meaningful one-on-one relationships. Yes. With a healthy smattering of like casual, like, hey, girl, what's up? 
kind relation kind of relationships like just like yeah. light and easy and like kind of surface Mm -hmm. deep deep feelings but kind of surface content relationships because you don't need things to be heavy all the fucking time believe <laughs> it or not so i do think that you do need those kinds of relationships but i i'm willing to wager looking at your mm -hmm. birth chart that when you get into group situations that aren't those culty like mm -hmm. you know dynamics but like <laughs> group situations like at a party or whatever you do not feel the most yourself mm -hmm. and i'm willing to wager that Sometimes it's fucking great for you. And mm -hmm. all the rest of the times, it's only great if you end up in a deep one on one dynamic or like a, you know, mm -hmm. one on two dynamic or something like that. Yes. Is that, that that's correct, eh? Mm -hmm. I'm really good at working a room, but it's exhausting if I don't find a connection in correct. it. If that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Working a room is work. It's yeah. work, you know, <laughs> and this is what we want to remember is that when it comes to astrology, the ch words that we choose to describe ourselves are our chart in motion. So you're <laughs> literally referring to, quote, working a room when we're talking about Capricorn on the 11th house cusp. <laughs> OMG, right? Does this make sense? You, yes. You, you like to work. Work is fun mm -hmm. for you. So it's mm -hmm. that's not inherently a bad thing. But a huge part of the 20s, are you figuring mm -hmm. out who you are in reaction to your childhood? And a huge mm -hmm. part of your 30s is figuring out who you are in embodiment of your adulthood. Mm -hmm. And so upon that journey, let me be a voice to suggest group work is work mm -hmm. for you. It's not where <laughs> you find your greatest ease mm -hmm. and love and mm -hmm. flow, which doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. But to set the goal for yourself to be in like structured community Mm -hmm. is to set the goal to have to do really intense boundary work all the time, which <laughs> is not a bad thing, but it's a choice. Yeah. And, and it might not be your best choice. I certainly want to suggest it's not your only choice. You do not have a hard time finding people who want to hang out with you one-on-one. -on -one. That is accurate. <laughs> yeah. So why not do the thing that brings you more joy and takes less labor from you? Fair point. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to pause again. And I'm going to okay. check in. So we touched on the Neptune stuff. Mm -hmm. Did I answer that for you? Yes. You okay, did. great. I'll probably have a follow-up cue about any resources. There is an energy exercise that you can do where you mm -hmm. play with. So you just kind of first get grounded and mm -hmm. you can do that in any number of ways. And again, I've got lots of content on this, mm -hmm. on my Patreon about this, but you get grounded. And then you... Visualize your your energy shield, which I often describe as the Glenda the Good Witch bubble. Do you know mm -hmm. what I'm talking about? Your Glenda the yes. Good Witch bubble. Okay. And you pick a color. Fill it up with, I'm seeing like a nice forest green. Mm -hmm. And I want to say, do your best to not get too murky or mm -hmm. perfectionistic. But instead, mm -hmm. <laughs> to just infuse. Like, like you have Uranus at the top of your chart in Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. Infuse your... Whole Glenda the Goodwitch bubble, aka energy shield. Does mm -hmm. dark green, does forest green feel right, or is there a different color mm -hmm. that feels right to you to play? I with? vibe towards green and purple, so both okay. are great. Okay, so that's what's yeah. picking up the right thing then. Yeah. Okay, so you're gonna just infuse your shield, the inside of your shield, with mm -hmm. forest green, just like smoke or 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 like a light turning on. Okay, so that's how I want you to practice it. But take your time, get your ground on, and then okay. see if it works. Let's see. What happened? No, I just think I lost it. 
Yeah. Okay. So I'm there's trying a couple too things. hard. Trying You're too trying hard. too hard. Exactly. Yeah. And also I'm watching you and all this shit. You know what I mean? Like it's awkward. But yeah. this is this is what I'm going to say is that just last week mm-hmm. I was in this I was in an environment that had a lot of steps. And like mm-hmm. what what I kept on doing was like forgetting there was a step or missing a step and then kind of falling and then overcompensating when I was walking by being like, oh, am I about to fall? That's <laughs> what it looks like you were doing energetically. You were you were mm-hmm. like, I don't want to lose myself. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a couple pieces of advice and you fuck with it at home in your own time. Okay. okay. The, the first thing is know that there's nothing you can do to harm yourself or others by fucking with color. I wouldn't give you an exercise to do that mm-hmm. would. It's simply an action that you can practice to mm-hmm. shift your internal energy. That's all. Mm. And it's not like permanent. It's, you can't open a vortex this way. You can't do anything <laughs> like that. And it's important to know that mm. there's nothing, no energetic harm you can perpetrate against yourself or others by fucking with color. Now, okay. you may choose a color that makes you feel bad, but then you just <laughs> change the color. For you, the key is identifying, and this is like a classic 12th house issue, identifying where you begin and end and mm-hmm. playing with your own energy field. Not for other people, not in defense of harm, but as a way to experiment with when I run a forest green, do I feel grounded? Do I feel a little Mm -hmm. off? Like for me, I will sometimes run browns with like, I really like gold. So I'll run browns Mm -hmm. with like strings of gold through it. And I just like, it's like, it's like I I let go a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. And other times I will like to play with colors. Like I don't love the color coral. Like that's not Mm -hmm. my aesthetic per se, but I will play with a coral and it's like, you know, kind of like a sex on the beach after you, after you stir the drink, you know what I mean? And that, that energetic color really opens me up and makes me feel a certain kind of way that no other color does. Mm. So what I'm encouraging you to play with is shifting your energetic field mm-hmm. internally and playing with how it feels. This is an exercise that empowers you because if you can notice how you feel energetically with these subtle shifts, it mm-hmm. starts to sensitize you to when you're like, okay, so somebody recommends you go get an energy healing from somebody. Mm-hmm. You might be able to be more sensitive to being like, Oh, that that was like a feeling I get when I got the wrong color. Like, mm. oh, that's not quite it, you know, because yeah. the work of boundaries is an inside job. It starts internal. It's less it, it is, of course, behavioral. But the behavioral part of identifying your boundary and enforcing your boundary is the last two steps. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. the, the first steps are being able to notice when your energy is a yes or a no. Yeah. Which is hard for all people and certainly one of the major lessons of being a 12th house person right i'm good with others energy but i need to get more familiar with my own well the reason why you're good with others energies is that sensitivity that your ex-mentor was telling you about you are really sensitive Mm -hmm. and that's 12th house shit right there and that's not bad it's not bad being able to be sensitive is how you navigate the world it's your ability to like hang out with somebody and you guys had plans to go get pizza and then you can just like you feel it. You're sensitive. You're like, this person doesn't want pizza. This person wants to take a long walk. And you're <laughs> like, you know what? I don't really want pizza. Let's go have a walk. And they're so happy to be in your presence because you mm-hmm. just gave them what they wanted and they didn't have to ask for it. Sensitive. Yes. Sensitive. <laughs> yes. So this is a skill that you already have. You just haven't learned how to use it for yourself. And going through Neptune transits is a great time for the universe to show you exactly how little you've figured this out for yourself. 
But again, this is not a bad thing. None of this is is bad. It's just your nature. So I want to come back to Venus because you did ask okay. me a question about Venus. And I, you know, I mean, I want to help you with your Venus a little bit. So let me just yeah. pause and see. Do you have any questions about your Venus that you want me to answer or about love or self-worth or any of that kind of Venusian stuff? I mean, I think we needed to talk about Neptune, obviously. Yeah, I think that's what this reading turned into. So I'm grateful for yeah. that. But no, I mean... I really need to dig into that trine with Pluto a little bit more. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> it's a fucking fantastic trine. I mean, I my take God. take your word for it. <laughs> it is fucking fantastic. So I'm going to ask you a couple quick questions here. Sure. Um, do you want to be married one day? I don't know. I agree. I don't, yeah, I don't know. You don't know. You have a moon. You're in a supposition. I just want to say this to you. Yeah. Yeah, Venus and fucking Pisces, right? <laughs> yeah, Venus and Pisces, square the moon. Okay. That can make you somebody who's like, yeah, I want to be partnered. I want to be married. Moon opposite Uranus? Uh-uh. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> it makes you want freedom. So what yes. I want to give you is this. You can be devotionally in love with somebody who's devotionally in love with you back and build mm. a partnership and a life that has freedom woven into its fabric. Mm-hmm. And that freedom is the freedom to choose. So you don't have mm. to sign a contract, which, of course, marriage is a contract. You have to <laughs> sign a contract in order to have love and partnership. And if you give yourself that freedom to be like, that's what, I, what I'm willing to do for myself, then it might be a lot easier for you to find somebody that you want to stick with mm. because you are somebody who, I mean, I would be surprised if you didn't end up partnered. Mm. Okay. You know, most people hear me say that and they think that's good news. Maybe, maybe, but partner doesn't mean healthy. Partner doesn't mean happy. Partner doesn't mean equal. Partner doesn't mean anything other than partnered. Just like Mm -hmm. single doesn't mean lonely and it doesn't, you know, all the things, right? What I hope for you is that you give yourself the space to love and be loved romantically, devotionally, tenderly Mm -hmm. in the ways that your Venus and Pisces wants Mm-hmm. without abandoning the rest of your nature, a.k.a. the rest of your chart. And doing that means moving a little slower than you naturally are inclined to do, mm-hmm. <laughs> having a little more space kind of written into your relationship dynamics than mm-hmm. you are naturally inclined to to have at the beginning so mm-hmm. that you can build intimacies with people based on actually knowing each other. Mm. Yeah, Which, thank you. you know, yeah, my pleasure. Um, <laughs> And do you want human babies? I'm not neutral on that. I'll say neutral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm good with being an auntie. I don't know if I ever want to push any out myself. <laughs> yeah. 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 I see. Again, Uranus moon opposition, you know, <laughs> Uranus moon opposition, sun, Pluto square. Yeah. You know, I, I would, I would just add to that. Like if you hook up with people who can get you pregnant, have that physiological mm-hmm. capacity, be fucking <laughs> careful because you are fertile. Okay. Oh, good times. Good yeah. times. Yeah. I mean, it's just important to know you've got a couple indicators here of fertility, of strong fertility, you know, so you would want to be mindful about that. Okay. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, and are you an artist as well? My love language is art and theater. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Venus and Pisces in the 12th house. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. what that is. That's literally yeah. what that is. And then what's your day job? Do you mind me asking? Executive assistant right now. I do dabble in writing personally. I haven't really had anything. Do you have any inclination towards like marketing or any of that kind of stuff? 
my previous job, the one I got laid off was in marketing and I did not like it. Sure. I mean, listen, marketing, personal assistant, your chart Mm. says you could do those things. Easy peasy. The problem is you actually want to feel like you're building something. Yes. Yeah. And so when you're marketing, you're literally marketing somebody else's message. Mm-hmm. And you may or may not believe in what they're selling. Um, you know, being a personal assistant can be incredibly satisfying or it can be a total boner, right? It depends. Yeah. It depends. And so when we come back to Venus, mm-hmm. the thing that's the most important is figuring out what you value. Mm-hmm. For you, because it's in Pisces in the 12th house, a huge part of what you value is not material. Mm-mm. It's experiential. It, yeah. It's it's spiritual and organizing your life in such a way that supports you in having a rich, artistic, creative, romantic experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of fucking sense. You don't need to, you know, again, when we come into like keyword astrology, having Saturn on the midheaven does not mean you need to have a big career or you need to be super career motivated. Mm. Maybe, but you don't have to be because Mm. your values don't completely line up with that. Right. And so you are somebody who could decide to build a business or a service that supports people, that helps people so that they can do what they want to do, right? Mm -hmm. So that's like an organizing service or a personal assistant service or any kind of Mm -hmm. thing like that. Like you'd be naturally good at that kind of shit. Again, whether or not it's worth it to you to do that, time will tell. And I don't recommend you do anything super career minded (laughs) during these Neptune transits. So not for, well, at least until after April. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Longer, not, longer? Yeah, much longer. Neptune, each Neptune transit lasts two years. And <laughs> the last one starts in April. April. So it's two years from April 2024. And Got so it. you may ch- change jobs, right? Yeah. It, that's well, fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you may change jobs in this two-year period. Yeah. That's fine. Just don't place pressure on yourself to figure out what to do for a career. Yeah. If it emerges organically, great. Explore. But Neptune is not when we ch- make material changes. It's when mm. we make ma- ethereal changes. <laughs> right? And yes. because Neptune transits last so long, inevitably we will have to make material changes within those. But we want to be really spacious around them because Neptune... Do you fuck with Tarot? Yes. I'm more intuitively led. I don't have... The uh, understanding of the cards, if that okay. makes sense. So yeah. again, it does. But again, <laughs> I say to you in this Neptune period, don't just follow your gut because Neptune okay. is not, when we're going through Neptune transits, we are not able to consistently rely on it. We're just not. Mm, okay. um, it gets stronger, which basically, let me put it this way. Neptune transits make our aura, that beautiful Glenn of the Good Witch bubble, mm-hmm. into a loofah sponge. Oh, <laughs> so that so that some of what you're getting is really just like dialed data yeah. and some of what you're getting is noise. And it's very hard during a Neptune transit to tell the difference between the two. OK, which is why with woo, you want to mm-hmm. like actually learn. Got it. The thing that you want to be careful of during Neptune transits with any woo, mm-hmm. is you don't want to give away your power mm-hmm. and you don't want to just go by sense of feel without any context structure data because again neptune transits teaches us boundaries lean a little bit more into my south node in virgo <laughs> uh, no 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 don't no, do that. no 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 okay, no, no, no 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 it's okay no i'm glad you said that i'm glad you said that no i've okay. never encouraged anyone to lean into their south node and, and i don't see myself doing that here or now 
it's (laughs) what it is is it's about recognizing that your intuition again Mm -hmm. is expanding this always happens during neptune transits it gets so much more porous and so what you want to do is back it up Mm -hmm. with data so if you really believe in let's say astrology yeah you're only doing it intuitively then you're ultimately not embodying the respect for the craft got it ditto with tarot so it's about having the boundary of like oh okay so like all ones mean this in the tarot all sevens mean that in the tarot so that you can then give your big beautiful intuition more structure and boundaries to work within so that you can better assess the difference between what is guidance and Mm -hmm. what is energetic noise in the background, right? It's interesting because I've already been leaning that way. (laughs) Good, good. So So. you're you're following your your guidance by Mm -hmm. leaning that way. Mm -hmm. And because it's a long ass transit, you know, you'll have months where you do a better job of that than others. And that's fucking (laughs) life and don't overthink it, you know? Okay. But, but again, this is where I come back to that energy exercise that I, that I pointed you towards of like playing Mm -hmm. with color because it's a different version of studying tarot instead of just like vibing tarot, because Mm -hmm. (laughs) what it does is it empowers you to know the difference between like, okay, my intuition is saying that this card means, you know, go left. But Mm -hmm. I actually technically know that that's not what the card means. So Mm -hmm. I need to assess whether I'm ignoring the cards Mm -hmm. and trusting my gut or maybe whatever else. Right. So this is where I want to point you towards, because being a very intuitive person doesn't mean you're right about everything that you into it. It it absolutely does not. We don't want to be perfectionistic. What I'm encouraging you to do is lean into your Neptunian self, but to do it in a way that is sustainable and healthy. Because Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. Neptune transits really want us to do is go to an ashram, go to a monastery, like live off the land. Somebody else prepares your meals. Everything is simplified. You don't have to do. You just get Mm -hmm. to be in contemplation. That's what Neptune transits want us to do, but that's not fucking happening. That's not real. So this is where, again, we need to create a little bit more structure to support the transit itself. Yeah. Okay, good. I also have zero desire to do any of the ashram stuff, so I will oh, good. keep that in mind. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. The thing that I think is really interesting in our mm-hmm. conversation is how much I believe you lean on your Saturn midheaven Uranus conjunction. Mm-hmm. And that is not a bad thing or a good thing. It is a thing as an astrologer to notice. Okay. Because whenever we kind of spend a lot of time in certain parts of our charts... Mm -hmm. then we know that eventually transits, circumstances, whatever, are going to bring our attention to other parts, right? And so you lean on your Saturnian, Uranian, midheaven self because Mm -hmm. it helps you to function in the world. Again, nothing nothing negative here. But you did originally reach out about the Venus. Mm -hmm. And the Venus, your Venus is receptive and generative. It's a really beautiful Venus. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) And some of being receptive and generative doesn't mm-hmm. function well in the world, in like mm-hmm. the capitalistic, you know, like material, time-driven world. And that's not, again, that's not bad or good. It's just mm-hmm. observable, right? And so this is where you do need relationships, whether mm-hmm. it's to art or people or places or whatever. You do need relationships that are not pragmatic, mm-hmm. but are, I lose myself in the moment. 
ashrami, in other, in other words, right? You know, mm-hmm. you, you deserve those things because you probably yearn for those things, having that Venus placement. And so this is in part why when it was time to like get grounded and maybe just sh- like throw in some color, you're mm-hmm. like, ah, I, I can't do it because because that's your receptive flowing place. And again, some of that's mm-hmm. just because I was watching you. you know, it's nothing, <laughs> nothing about your natural skills. But mm-hmm. some of it is also that you may over rely on your highly functional Saturnian placement as a way to compensate for how tender and sensey you are. Mm-hmm. And cultivating the ability and the willingness to be in your sensitivities mm-hmm. and to to play with those sensitivities makes your Saturn stronger. It doesn't make mm-hmm. it weaker. It makes it stronger because we don't want to be a one trick pony. We want to be a many tricked pony. <laughs> OK, good. Good. <laughs> yes. So yeah. did we hit your major stuff? Absolutely. And so much more. This was incredibly insightful. and supportive and I'm very grateful that you found my letter and gave me some time to talk it through thank you I really (laughs) appreciate that and I'm really glad we did this every year they say the end is near